1: I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew.
0: And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and sit in our separate homes across the city and talk about it.
1: Yeah, so this is a real you, Molly, can't have any because I made cookies and you can't have any.
0: Oh my God, this is terrible. I I thought that I was in your inner circle, Matthew, and that all of our listeners were outside of it. But now I'm I'm just with our listeners here. And I, it, I can't have any.
1: That's true, but like I mean, the the listeners they're they're so happy to have you. They're gonna like take you into their virtual drum circle. They're gonna drum you. They're gonna drum with you.
0: So um, a, like sometime within the past like half a year, Ash was somewhere with another family from our school, and the father of the family. Said something about like we should all get together and do a drum circle. And Ash could not tell whether this guy, I mean, we don't know this guy well enough to know whether he was joking or not. But ever since then, I've desperately been wanting to do it, but he's never mentioned it again. And I don't oh, know if man. he was joking. Or not. So I don't know if I should bring it up or not.
1: I mean, like to go back to a recent episode, that's sort of like how someone would introduce the idea of an an orgy, like as a joke, probably. Like, you know, wouldn't it be crazy if (laughs) we got together for a drum circle?
0: And then you're in this awkward position of like, do I out myself as that person who wants to do the drum circle slash orgy?
1: You should like go for it and say like, you know, hey, hey, Tim. Remember when you mentioned the drum circle? Like, were you serious? And if so, like, I'm in. Okay, take a chance. Okay.
0: Um, well, I'll wait until we're not on lockdown anymore. That's fair. You know, yeah, I mean, I actually, feel like if if you're gonna have a drum circle, at least you should do it at a time when it's like you know safe, public health wise.
1: I think I think that's true. And you know, you could t- attempt to do like a Zoom drum circle. I think the latency issues would make it. Well, it would make it worse than a regular drum circle.
0: <laughs> I'm glad we glad we figured that uh-huh. out. Okay, well, well no, actually, no, actually,
1: what it might result in is polyrhythms.
0: Oh, um, wow, that sounds hot. I know, right? Yeah have you ever Have you ever gone polyrhythmic? Poly,
1: gone polyrhythmic? I've been thinking about it.
0: Yeah, you and Lori should check it out. Like
1: the the whole like four four time time signature <laughs> is is so played out. <laughs>
0: Okay, wait, did we say this is an episode about almond extract? Nope. <laughs> okay, so this is an episode about <laughs> almond extract. Uh, here we are in early May, and I feel like... Um,
1: almond season? Almond,
0: I mean, almond-flavored things are seasonless. Right. But I do think of, I don't know, this is as good a time as any to talk about almond extract.
1: Yeah, I think it, well, I mean, because because it's not a seasonal thing... <laughs> it's always almond extract season.
0: Okay, all right. Yeah, that was what I was pointing toward. I guess. Okay, so Matthew, hold on. Let's start as we always used to do by walking down memory lane. <laughs> At least this time we'll we'll do it separately, proper oh, right, right, social right, right. distancing style. Okay. All right. You go walk down your memory. Yeah, usually
1: lane. Usually we skip down memory lane holding hands.
0: Yeah. Uh, we, and then we kick the can then we, uh, every now then and we then. We kick the
1: can, and then we arrive at the Emerald City.
0: Yeah. All right. So Matthew, take take it away. Show me down your memory lane.
1: <laughs> okay. So my memory lane for almond extract, like I couldn't think of any like almond extract stories from my youth. But uh, here's here's my memory lane. Uh, When we were talking about doing this episode, I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure we do have almond extract in the house. Let me check. Oh, yeah, we've got a big bottle of almond extract from Pensy Spices, where, you know, we love to order from about once a year. And I looked at this bottle of almond extract, and I was like, oh, what things have we been making with almond extract? I don't really remember any recently. And uh, we had labeled the bottle. It's from 2010, and it is full.
0: Oh, my God, (laughs) really?
1: I mean, possibly as much as, like, two teaspoons had been used
0: wow Matthew if I could come over to your house right now I I would totally come over and get some almond extract because we generally buy like the you know whatever small bottle of it you can get at the regular old grocery store and we blow through that stuff oh I'm so excited to hear what you make well there's just one thing in particular that we make and I'm going to get to that later but first I want to tell you uh first I want to stay on memory lane because that's where I am so I think that I first became aware of almond extract. Well, okay, honestly, I think that the first thing I ever noticed that at least had an almond extract vibe going on, and actually maybe this doesn't count at all, but my mom used to have a tin... Of Amoretti cookies.
1: Oh, no, I think that totally counts. I think those are count? made with almond extract.
0: Well, so I remember where this tin was. in the So in the house that we lived in until I was 13, there was a cabinet that was, like, um, below counter level. And I think the cabinet was actually, like, my parents' liquor cabinet, nice. I think. Nice clearly I wasn't that interested in it. Yeah, did you ever raid
1: the liquor cabinet as a kid? I never raided the liquor
0: cabinet. But I seem to remember that at the back of this cabinet, there was this weird, like, half shelf that didn't cover the whole depth of the cabinet. And I remember there being things on this shelf, and one of the things was one of those really quite beautiful tins of, like, from Italy Amaretti cookies.
1: Oh, yeah. The tin is the best part of this. The
0: tin is totally the best part. And they came inside wrapped in, like, this thin, like, velvet paper that was printed. It was really a beautiful experience. And I was very drawn to this tin. And every now and then I remember opening it up and like smelling these cookies. And I remember tasting one and being revolted by it. Like it was so disgusting.
1: Yeah. Very grown up flavor, I think.
0: Oh, I hated it. Anyway, so I think I was very suspicious of things that I associated with that kind of very perfumey, almondy, almost like liquor type smell that almond extract can sometimes have.
1: Yeah, totally. Um,
0: but then I remember my freshman year at Stanford, I was living in this dorm called Kimball, and it had a really good dining hall, like super good dining hall. Wow, I
1: didn't know. And, like, you know, I went to college like a couple of years before you and our dining hall was terrible. And then like, really shortly. A- yeah. And then and then like shortly after I left, that's that's when I heard that like, oh, they like fired the company that ran the dining halls and brought in good food. I'm like, thanks a lot.
0: I think that you know there was like some big company that ran this one whatever it was like Bonjour Catering or yeah, something Marriott. like that Bon, bon Appetit yeah. Catering or something But uh, the chef who ran the actual kitchen of our dining hall was like a pretty nice guy and was pretty cool. They had above the salad bar a whole bunch of different bunt cakes and they were pretty much always there consistently. The same types of bunt cakes up above the salad bar. And I remember choosing one of them. It was it looked like a poppy seed bunt cake. But anyway, it was Filled with almond extract. And I think that was the first time I'd ever truly eaten like an almond extract flavored pastry. And I thought that it was. I mean, I begged the dining hall to give me the recipe because I wanted to give it to my mother back in Oklahoma and see if she would make it for me. Okay,
1: I have two questions. Did they give you the recipe?
0: No. I think that they probably brought it in from somewhere else, to be honest.
1: And second, did the local proletariat like ever find out that the uh, kids at Stanford had access to an unlimited bunt cake bar? And if so, was that the thing that started the revolution?
0: <laughs> I think it was. I think it was. That was what Marie Antoinette was talking exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah, let those Stanford students eat,
1: eat cake. cake, right.
0: Anyway, but yeah, I remember finding this cake like unbelievably good. Like just, you know, like are, are there some desserts in your your memory lane where where they are so good that it like changes everything for you like
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely, like, the first time I had, like, a flourless chocolate cake. Totally. I don't remember, like, it, it would have been when I was a kid, but, like, definitely, like, oh, wow, like, I didn't know dessert could be, like, more dessert than anything I've experienced before.
0: Yeah, there was something about this cake, it, like, pushed all these, like, buttons in me. It was so delicious. And for a while afterward, whenever I would see a, like a poppy seed cake in a bakery or something like that, I would order it. And it took me a long time to understand that even though I think the pairing of almond and poppy seed is is Pretty classic in in a lot of cuisines. A lot of poppy seed cakes just have, like, lemon zest or something, and they don't have almond extract.
1: Right. So, I, first of all, wife of the show, Lori, mentioned that she used to love getting the uh, grocery store almond poppy seed muffins, like, especially, like, when she was... uh working as a young person in Seattle. But also, they had... Remember when we bought a pudding cake at QFC?
0: Yes, a lemon pudding
1: right, cake. Right, because they also have had and may still have the almond poppy seed pudding cake, which I'm going to bet is probably pretty similar to the bunt cake that you that you fell in love with as, as a young woman.
0: I, I agree. It probably is. I mean, I think it's a very typical cake. But ever since I had that bunt cake, all those many years ago... Ever since I, I had that Bundt cake... I now am very disappointed any time I encounter a poppy seed like cake or muffin or something that is like a lemon poppy seed instead of almond poppy seed. Like I I want nothing to do with that. I want the almond poppy seed. No,
1: I totally agree. Yeah.
0: yeah. Anyway, so that's my memory lane, um, and that really awakened me to like, the whole idea of almond-flavored desserts. Uh, And, of course, you can get almond flavor into baked goods in so many different ways, right? With, like, almond paste or with marzipan or almond extract. But Mm -hmm. today we're just going to focus on almond extract.
1: Yes. So can I tell you what almond extract is? Please. Because I did not know this, even though I feel like I should have, that almond extract is usually not made from almonds. It's not yeah so almond extract is typically made from stone fruit pits which are toxic but obviously are processed in such a way that uh, that the result is not toxic.
0: Why hold on so why is it not made from almonds?
1: because almonds are expensive and you can sell them to people to eat as almonds.
0: Yeah. Okay. Whereas with Whereas like a peach
1: pit or an apricot pit or bitter almonds which are not edible as almonds, you can process them and produce like a a edible almond oil or almond flavored oil from that and then mix that with alcohol and water to make almond extract.
0: Ah, oh, so how do they extract it? How do they they what do they do with the pit to get the the flavor out? They
1: crush it they crush okay. it and press the oil out and then there's some there's some process that they use to like purify and detoxify the oil um okay. refine it i guess is the word
0: and is this what we call almond oil
1: so the if it's almond,
0: coming from stone fruit pits?
1: Yes, yeah, so you can you can call your oil like you know the FDA allows you can call it almond extract and you can call it almond oil if it's made from bitter almonds and technically bitter almonds are some kind of almond or some kind of stone fruit pit. Either of those can be called bitter almonds.
0: What an interesting sleight of hand.
1: Yeah, right? That's
0: fascinating. But the the
1: thing is, like, a peach and an almond are almost the same species. I mean, they're the same genus.
0: Yeah, I get it. And, uh, you know, when I think about, uh, for instance, when I make apricot jam, Mm -hmm. I I don't know if I gave you a jar of the apricot jam I made last summer. I've now made it two summers in a row. So... I make the jam formula that I've been making for a long time, but I have started doing this slight tweak on it that I learned about from uh, Samin Nosrat Mm -hmm. in the New York Times, where I take, so again, we're talking about apricot jam. I take the pits of the apricot, I crush them, so I pull the, so then um, like the outer husk of the pit comes off and I can take the kernel out, which looks like a tiny like Marcona almond. Right. And then you toast it in a hot oven to apparently deactivate the toxin in the kernel. Yeah, which is
1: cyanide.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. great. And then uh, you collect all those uh, all those little kernels and put them in cheesecloth, and you simmer that little cheesecloth pouch in your apricot jam as it's as it's simmering. Nice. And so, what I found is, I think if you were to taste a jar of this jam compared to my usual apricot jam, they're in all ways the same, except one has. Except this the one pouch of them has of, a,
1: a sack of pits in the jar.
0: One has a sack of pits in the jar. No, but it does have this slight, like, slight almond floral fragrance. Like it's like almonds and, and like, uh, like the smell of cherry blossoms. Sort of. I know I'm sounding like a wine writer now. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, I'm a wine writer now, guys. I've reinvented <laughs> myself in this lockdown. Oh, great! I'm a wine writer, but what I do is I just describe jam.
1: Okay, but, like, but I was going to ask you, like, what are what are like three three of your top cabs that have good structure?
0: Oh man, my favorite number one, is Charles Charles New York Shaw. Yellow. Cab. <laughs> I just love. So, I have a friend. I will not say what this person's name is. First name but Charles. This... This person used to always buy Charles Shaw and we would go over to this person's house for dinner and they would offer some wine and then they would pour it. And I mean, I cannot tell you how bad this wine was. And like, I, I'm not somebody who spends a lot of money on wine. But anyway, no, no, you're a wine bad. writer. So here is my my hot take on Charles Shaw. Two thumbs down.
1: <laughs> OK, so so your your hot take is the two dollar wine is not great
0: yeah okay but back but back to the apricot kernels it is amazing how much almond fragrance comes off these things when they come out of the oven oh yeah toasted them and then even you know yeah as i said it comes through in the jam anyway so i don't know why i'm acting all surprised that you can take the kernels of stone fruits and press them and call that almond extract but it it, because it's true it's Amazing how much it smells like almond extract.
1: Many years ago, we're back to memory lane now. I've 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 traipsed off like I'm I'm oh having. God,
0: we've been to so many places on this episode.
1: Yeah, many years ago, our friend Chef Dana Cree. Um, yeah, like I we we like had a, a party at her house, and one of the things she made was. I can't remember if it was like a, a mousse or like an ice cream, but it was made with cherry pits mm. and like 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 a cream that you like infuse with with cherry pits, which which are also in the same family, but are a much bigger pain in the ass to extract because they're so small and you need so many of them.
0: Mm-hmm. Was it really almondy like both was, almondy yeah. cherry? Very cool. Yeah. Okay, so Matthew, is there anything else you want to tell me about about almond extract?
1: No, like I couldn't, I couldn't find any, any like uh, you know corporate intrigue or did you, did you know like almond instra- extract, extract, <laughs> almond extract. <laughs> <laughs> was was found like you know in in the tomb of king tut or something historical like we sometimes come up with it's like you know i think probably using pits to to extract an almond flavor is a pretty old practice but almond extract and like you know Extracts themselves I think are relatively industrial.
0: Hmm. Okay. So Matthew, what is this cookie that you made that we can't have any of?
1: Okay, wait, let me grab it so I can hold it up so you can see the cookie. Okay. So these are called almond meltaway cookies. Oh it's, that's a, it's a oh, frosted cookie.
0: Okay. Is it Ah, oh, I see now. I couldn't tell if it was kind of like a meringue. Yes,
1: I, I don't know where my camera is. There it is.
0: There it is. Okay. we we'll post, oh, that we'll looks post nice. a photo. That, it looks like kind of a lumpy sugar cookie mm-hmm. with a white frosting on yeah,
1: top. Yeah, I did a bad job of shaping these cookies. I it, can tell. It said to like roll them into a ball, but then my hands got kind of greasy, and then it said to smash oh, the ball Matthew. with the bottom of a glass, and it was sticking to the bottom of the glass. Uh, but.
0: So they have a they have a chewy texture.
1: Mm, they have kind of a fall apart texture, like, you know, there's not not a lot of chew to them, and they have a little bit of, like, kind of, uh, you know, cookie dough texture to them, Hmm. because you bake them... only for like eight minutes.
0: And how are they? Do you recommend these cookies? Oh,
1: yeah. We'll post a link to the recipe. They're they're very tasty. And And they've got a lot of of, uh, almond extract. There's like, you know, a teaspoon and a half or two teaspoons in the cookies and like a teaspoon and a half in the glaze, maybe something like that.
0: Oh, my gosh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah.
1: So at this rate, like in just like 15 more years or so, we will have used up this bottle of almond extract, which, by the way, like it never goes bad. Like even though it's 10 years old, it's fine.
0: Well, as soon as we are out of lockdown, I'm coming over and I'm taking at least half of that bottle. You're gonna siphon
1: it off the way you've been stealing gas from my truck.
0: I am. I am. So what we always make and how we wind up going through almond extract so quickly is so Amanda Hesser, her you know, sort of breakout book was called Cooking for Mr. Lot. I haven't thought this about was, this
1: book in so many years. I'm so know, glad this you're bring it up. A
0: million years ago. This was I remember this was gosh, was this the very early two thousands, yeah, like two thousand right. two, two thousand three, kind of thing. This is a uh, it's a food memoir with recipes. It has a lot of really great recipes. Absolutely. In it. Uh, I mean, Amanda Hesser just has such a classic style. Anyway, this cake, is, she just calls it an almond cake, and as I recall, I don't have it right in front of me. The recipe she got it from her mother in law. Okay. And um, Tad's it mom is. From Tad's mom, Mr. Latte's mom. It is one of those cakes that is really ugly- you bake it in a springform pan, and it looks like it's going to be a totally normal kind of beautiful golden-topped cake when you pull it out. But then, and then surprise. It, then it collapses like an oh, asteroid crater. I want to like, try
1: it, this. This sounds great.
0: It, yeah. So um, it's got a really wonderful batter. The batter has sour cream, sour cream, egg yolks, or maybe whole eggs. I can't remember at this moment. Butter, obviously, a whole tube of almond paste. Mm-hmm. So that's like, I think, a seven ounce tube of almond paste. Oh, wow. Plus almond extract. I mean, that
1: sounds fun because like, you know, when I was a kid, I always wanted to like squeeze the whole tube of toothpaste. And that's very wasteful. But if you like squeeze it into a cake, then that's good. I mean, don't squeeze toothpaste into a cake. I mean, almond paste.
0: Yeah. Well, you can't really squeeze almond paste, Matthew. It's sort of the texture of, like, slightly dried out Play-Doh. Yeah, so, okay. So you you crumble it into the cake batter as Fine. the as the mixer's going. Anyway, but so you can imagine the texture you get in this finished cake, especially the fudgy part in the middle that's kind of collapsed. Yes. Yes. Anyway, I, you know, I have to say the one thing that I, I've i probably, uh, our household has probably made this cake 20 times. It is, I have to say, I'm very happy about this. Ash loves this cake so much that they decided to learn how to make this cake, which is a really big deal because Ash had never baked a cake before. And how did it go? Beautifully. So this was the first cake Ash ever learned how to make. And Ash now is the official almond cake baker in our house. And I love it because usually I'm the the baker of all things in our house. And I just love that like Ash loves this cake so much that they will just like spontaneously bake an almond cake. It I love that. And
1: I love me. that it's a cake that, that doesn't have to look pretty because like that's always the thing I worry about when I'm baking something like, you know, maybe maybe this is going to come out looking all like lumpy, but this is supposed to be lumpy.
0: No, this this cake, seriously, it's supposed to fall in the middle. It's like a fallen souffle yeah. kind of situation. And the other thing is, I think that the original recipe says to dust it with powdered sugar before you serve it. I've never done that. We just embrace the like, you know, the, the simplicity of it. This cake is amazing. And oh, what I was going to say, though, is I think it calls for like a teaspoon or maybe a teaspoon and a half of almond extract in the batter. Mm hmm. And we actually use a tiny bit less, which okay. shocks me. But I find that between the almond paste and the almond extract, it leaves a little bit of a aftertaste in my mouth if we use the full amount of extract. So we use a little bit less.
1: Okay, I'm definitely this- gonna make this. I assume this recipe is online or I can dig up a copy of Cooking you for know, Mr. I th- Latte.
0: I think I wrote about it a million years ago on Orangette. Great,
1: I think. let's link to one of your old blog posts.
0: Yes. We'll post a link to that recipe. Please don't please don't read my blog post.
1: I just read it. It was great.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> Ugh.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Can we go back to the cookie recipe for a minute? Because I didn't credit it, and I need to, because oh, there's something yeah. we need to talk about. Which okay. is, um, this uh, recipe is from Leanne Wilkes, um, who is a, a cookbook writer, and uh, her blog, which is called Your Home Based Mom. <laughs>
0: Wait, is there is there a different kind of mom? Like oh, your work based mom. Well I guess I guess like you you're, can have a
1: work wife, maybe
0: <laughs> you can have a work mom.
1: Maybe you could have a work mom.
0: <laughs> am I your work mom, Matthew?
1: I don't think of you that way, but if you want am to your,
0: Am I your work wife? I think so. You're you're my you're my work daddy.
1: Oh, I don't like that at all.
0: <laughs> you're my <Oops>. you're my
1: <laughs> Zoom Zoom says we're out of time. Sorry, gotta go forever. Um, Wait, I have a question that may or may not be related to these nicknames uh, Which is, if you were nicknamed after a beverage like Mr. Latte What would your nickname be? Mine would be Mr. Icewater
0: That is hot
1: (laughs) It's literally not
0: I think I would be... I don't know. I don't know.
1: Okay, well I don't I mean you're a wine writer, so I think oh, they are right. gonna call you um what's what's like a fancy wine? Ms. chateau neuf du pop. Oh yeah, no, that's me. um so turn.
0: Yes, I'm a dessert wine. I'm sweet. you
1: you are a tall drink of dessert wine. I've always <laughs> said that.
0: Ah yes, I love my dessert wine <laughs> tall and
1: in like a beer style. Refreshing. Uh-huh. Yes.
0: Yeah, with ice yep. up to the rim. Yes. Yep. Okay, so we've established that you're my work daddy. Uh-huh.
1: A dis- why? Why do I have to go through these?
0: <laughs> I just like saying it over and over again to make you squirm. Oh, All fine, right.
1: then you're my home-based mom. <laughs> okay. Take that. I am
0: home-based. I'm in, I'm in my own closet right now. That's right.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Okay, hold on. So, hold on. Matthew, what else do you do with almond extract? Obviously
1: nothing, or I wouldn't have a completely full bottle after 10 years.
0: I think it's interesting that the first thing you thought of was cookies, because I always think of cake, like even like uh, quick bread type cakes. Well, I'm
1: neither much of a cake eater nor a cake baker. And so what I did was, I think I went to Taste of Home and found an article like 34 recipes that use almond extract. We can link to that as well. And... And I looked through and I I stopped at the first thing. I'm like, okay, I can make this. It's a cookie. And so I made that and it was good.
0: Cool. I see here on the agenda that you, one of the items is compound butter. (laughs) Well,
1: yeah, I saw, I think probably on that same list, there was a recipe for like, you know, honey, like honey and almond butter. And you could like put it on a biscuit. I thought that sounded good.
0: I do. I guess that does sound good. When I think of compound butter, I tend to think of like uh, blue cheese butter melting on top of a steak. Yeah, I know. Or
1: like, you know, parsley and herbs and shit, yeah, but you can, you can, shit. you can smush anything into butter.
0: That's true. So almond extract all the way. What about, um, Oh, when you guys make coconut macaroons, cause doesn't wife of the show, Lori sometimes make coconut macaroons.
1: Occasionally.
0: Does wife of the show, Lori put, co- put almond extract?
1: Well, I don't yeah. think so, but when we were talking about it, we decided it was a good idea and we're going to do that sometime soon. If we can get our hands on some dried coconut, which we're currently out of. Okay. do you make coconut macaroons? And if so, do you put almond extract in them?
0: I there was a period in in my life when I was really into coconut macaroons and I I frequently made them at home Um, and I would do like a chocolate ganache drizzle on top. Sure. Um, I think there's a recipe in my first book for that, actually. But I've never put almond extract in them.
1: It sounds good, though, right?
0: It sounds really good. It sounds very like candy barry. Let's sounds do it. Great. Let's make a
1: pact right now that someday you and I are going to make coconut macaroons with almond extract. To-
0: someday. Someday. Yes. Uh, uh, pinky swear. Yeah okay well matthew should we talk about any other extracts or yeah i think we th- I should mean, this is our almond just extract briefly
1: episode. i know this is our almond extract episode but i don't think we're ever gonna do like a you know a coconut extract episode maybe maybe another 10 years from now when i will have used another two teaspoons of almond extract but okay. uh, but for now like the other the other non-vanilla extract that we do use regularly is mint and we use it mm. for flavoring whipped cream for making icebox cake and that is fantastic
0: is it a like a peppermint extract like you would put in like peppermint bark
1: so that is is a good question and is also a good segue into our next segment because i looked up what are all of the extracts that mccormick the largest maker of extracts makes and oh there was are you gonna give me a quiz i am there was mint extract and there was peppermint extract so i don't know if mint extract means like spearmint extract
0: which one do you think you have i think i
1: So if I had to guess, I would say, like, when when we recently had an icebox cake, I think it was spearmint-flavored, not peppermint-flavored, but I'm not sure. I don't Hmm. know if I can always tell the difference.
0: Well, I I um, picture—I think about the flavor of, like, mint chip ice cream as being a bit different from the flavor of, like, a peppermint ice cream. Yeah, me too. So I think maybe that's the difference.
1: That one is ice cream-flavored and one is peppermint (laughs) bark-flavored.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's exactly right. Are you okay, ready give me for the, the quiz? quiz? Okay. So
1: yeah. I, I looked at, as I said, I went to the McCormick Spice and Extract Concern website and I was very concerned because there was a big list of all the extracts they make and I'm going to give you, read you a list and some of these are real and some of them are things I made up. Ready? Ready. Number one, cake batter. Real. Real. <sighs> maple <laughs> false no it's real and i want i want you to right now google maple lean because the packaging is amazing it is imitation maple extract there's also non-imitation maple extract
0: maple it's, how do you spell maple lean oh, A-
1: m-a-p-l-e-i-n-e or maybe it's maplen
0: oh what is this maplen isn't the packaging gorgeous Hold on. I love I, it. I, first, it pulled up a different company. Oh, oh, it's like very um, old school. It's
1: extremely old school.
0: Oh wow! It seemed, it says Crescent brand.
1: Yeah. So McCormick Maybe. has a couple of of uh, you know house brands like they they make, um, baker's imitation vanilla extract. That's a McCormick.
0: Okay. Wow. This packaging is lovely. I wonder if this is only sold in certain markets because
1: possibly. I'm going to look for it someday.
0: Okay. Okay mapleen May- hmm
1: root wow. beer okay
0: uh, yes real true
1: carrot cake false correct anise
0: oh a uh, real yes
1: cinnamon roll oh,
0: I'm I'm afraid it's real I want it to be false but I think it's real false oh. avocado <gasps> uh, fake
1: fake butter real. real real peanut butter real it's fake but I felt like it should be real yeah uh, prune
0: <gasps> fake
1: fake. Banana. Real. Yep. Movie popcorn.
0: Oh, oh, I think that's probably real.
1: No, I made it up, but I kind of want it.
0: Oh, that sounds terrible.
1: Uh, rum.
0: Uh, real. Yeah. Real.
1: Pumpkin pie. Real. Yes. Well done.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Um,
1: so I huh. guess I guess we're now on. We're calling you um, Ms. Root Beer Extract. <laughs>
0: If there is one of those that seems most offensive to me, it's the the butter extract. Like there's some and maybe the maple. There's something about imitation butter flavor and imitation maple flavor that both just like really don't I, I don't like them. Yeah, I, don't like I the mean, way in principle, I
1: agree, but on the other hand, like I sometimes I like like fake you know butter flavor, movie popcorn and sometimes I like fake maple syrup. So,
0: I never like fake maple syrup. I'll I'll give you the movie theater popcorn. I like that too. No,
1: but if I, if I'm at like a like an IHOP, like I will slather on that fake syrup.
0: Oh, I I will not. I don't like that stuff, but maybe if I stay here in my closet long enough, uh-huh. everything will start to seem really appealing to me. So, let's see. I mean, today is what May 7th. Yep. is when this show's going to go live. I don't know. How long do you think we might be here, Matthew?
1: Oh, like here in your closet
0: here in my closet taping taping from my closet a while yeah. So, I don't know. Let's just check back in in July and see how I'm feeling about fake maple flavor. you mm-hmm.
1: You're on. Someone someone great. will remind us. Like, I won't even okay. set a reminder. One of our listeners is going to remind us in July like how how are things going with the with the fake maple syrup situation.
0: Okay, great. And they'll probably also ask if we've made our coconut macaroons with almond extract yet. True. And they might call and you Mrs. Butterworth. They might call me Mrs. Butterworth. They are going to um be super excited to Read my new book of uh, wine reviews. <laughs> that's oh, coming out! I thought.
1: Oh, is it going to be like just like a like a Robert Parker guide? Only it's going to be only it's going to be you, and you're going to be giving ratings out of a hundred. Or is it going to be more like a uh, you know that guy from from Gourmet Magazine who would write like essays about wine?
0: I haven't decided. Yet. Okay, <laughs> stay tuned. Um, a lot of it'll probably also be about jam.
1: Okay. Yeah, I want. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna want you. To, to go for the essays, and I want it to be like an essay about wine, an essay about jam, <laughs> an okay. essay, an essay about jelly, maybe
0: an essay about my closet. Uh uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Like Molly had to step out for a minute, and like, and while while she did, I, I screenshotted her closet, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna post it. Um, on. Uh, <laughs> really? What's that? What's that uh, like renttherunway.com.
0: Yeah. So, oh yeah, let's make some money.
1: We need to make some money, and we're going to do it by renting out stuff from Molly's closet. So, uh, so check out okay. um, Instagram at Spilled Milk Podcast for for that uh, that screenshot. Well, I'll like uh, Photoshop in some price tags on there.
0: You know, my bathrobe is really soft and fuzzy.
1: Yeah, but but like, let's be real. Like, remember the uh, like the the cosplay person who was like selling her bathwater, and people were drinking it and getting very sick. Maybe you didn't hear no. about this.
0: Why haven't we ever done that? Well,
1: that's what I'm saying. Like, if you rented out a, like a robe that you wore like fresh out of the shower, you know, some some pervert would definitely pay for that. Wow,
0: I I just I'm I'm endlessly appreciative of the variety of, of human life.
1: <laughs> okay, so. Uh, okay. Um, all right. So you can uh, you can find us online at uh, Spilled Milk bath <laughs> Bathwater Spilled Bathwater Podcast dot com where you can uh, for uh, three hundred and fifty dollars uh, you can buy our bathwater. No, that would be
0: that would be way too little. It'd
1: be way too little. And also like it's literally the opposite of good social distancing practice to send someone uh, your used bathwater.
0: Although, Matthew, we have shared bathwater before. Should we remind our listeners of that? Oh, yeah.
1: But that was a long time ago.
0: That was a long time ago. We haven't done it during the right. pandemic. But we
1: are so looking forward to the day when we can once again share, share a bath. bath. Water. All yeah. right. So uh you can find us at uh, I already mentioned our Instagram at spilled milk podcast, Facebook.com slash spilled milk podcast, like where you can tell us about your extracts. Do you like fake maple syrup? Um what do you what do you put almond extract in? Have you ever have you ever roasted a pit? Have you ever hung out at the Peach Pit? Which show was the peach pit on? Was it 90210! <gasps> 90210.
0: Okay. You know, I think we've probably put this out there on on Spilled Milk before, but were you more of like like a Jason Priestley person or a Luke Perry person?
1: So okay, so Luke Perry was was like the the intriguing bad boy, right? Yeah. So so yeah. like I think I would be like more interested in the Luke Perry character, but like me myself you am definitely more of a Jason Priestley who who you're likes to totally think of himself as a Luke Perry, but incorrectly.
0: You're totally Jason Perry, Jason. Oh, briefly.
1: Jason Perry! Oh
0: wow! I just invented a new hybrid character. <laughs>
1: oh wow! <laughs> um, I think I don't think you invented that hybrid character. I think <laughs> I think those two have gotten married in fan fiction many, many, many times.
0: This is like when June does something and then thinks that she's invented it. Like, yes. Mama, do you think? anyone has ever let their ice cream melt and stir it up and call it soup <laughs> mama do you think like the, this is
1: i mean it's a it's a children. good idea
0: it is i i had to break it to her though like yeah, girlfriend I've, I've done that hundreds of times
1: yeah it's i, I love that so much when i was a kid like there was definitely, like, a period when I was a kid when, like, I would 100% of the time do that with my ice cream. Like, smush it with the spoon to, like, get the process going. So satisfying.
0: Absolutely. All right. Okay.
1: Uh, so until next time, uh, our producer is Abby Circatella. <laughs> uh, next time, our producer will also be Abby Circatella. <laughs> God, I hope so. Um, <laughs> until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, your home-based podcast.
0: I'm Molly Weisenberg.
1: And I'm Matthew Amster-Burton.